Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. When you were singing, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. In my heart, I started thanking my, my late parents for taking me to church. And uh, as a little boy, we would sing hymns. And that is one of the songs that we used to sing, that it uh, is so sweet to trust in Jesus. I know it in my language. So it becomes much easier to translate it very quickly from my language to, to English. English is not my first language. And what a blessing it is for all of us today to hear somebody whose English is not his first language, uh, whose accent is totally different from U.S. Uh, that means... For you to understand me, you'll have to listen with both ears. <laughs> you have to listen to every word. And I promise you that uh, I will not in any way try to pronounce any word like an American. I will just give it as it is. This is who Philip is. This is the way he speaks. Some understand. Some don't, isn't it? Uh, some will sit and really criticize. What is he saying? Why does he, you know, roll his tongue and uh, do his R so strongly? I love my R, and, uh, and my other name is Waruterre. So, <laughs> so we roll these things. That's, I have done it for 50 plus years. It's not easy to change. I don't know. Some of you have done some things for 50 years. It's not easy to change, isn't it? I can't change. Amen. I wish I could. I mean, I listen to people, wah, 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 American accent, and I'm like, I wish I could go to Walmart and buy American accent. I wish it was, I could go to CVS. It was a pill where I would just swallow just with a glass of water and I start speaking with an American accent. It's not possible. <laughs> Can't do it. This is me. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Yes. Ma'am, are you happy this morning? Yes. yes. You know, you choose to be happy. Actually, we just choose. You just... You just you, is it called you deliberately decide I am going to be happy? Is it because there are no problems? There are problems. If we want to focus on them and to be sad, we can be the saddest people in this place. If we were all to be given an opportunity to say things that sadden us, we would have a very long list. But let me say this. Just be happy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. When our focus is on the Lord, we get a lot of joy from him. Amen. When our eyes are up the mountains and we ask ourselves, where shall my help come from? Looking at the entire place, the, the environment and all the things that are happening. Workplace, at home, the stresses and the distresses and all those things. Say, my help comes from the Lord. My help does not just come from the mountains. It comes from above the mountains. I might raise up my eyes to the mountains, but my help comes from way above the mountains. It comes from the Lord. And I know that your help comes from the Lord also. 
Amen. I was asked to come and uh, share God's word by uh, Pastor James. And kindly let's turn to James, uh, sorry, Samuel. He's Pastor James, not to read from the book of James. <laughs> Samuel chapter, chapter 30, a very familiar portion of scriptures. I am married with the two children, for those who don't know me. Married with two children. I've been married for the last 33 years. Uh, I have a daughter who is married. Uh, she's down in uh, Australia. And I have a son who should be going to Australia, most likely end of this month, uh, for his master's program. So I'm an old man. How many are as old as I am here? <laughs> Same group with me. So here, there we are. We are grandparents. Very soon I'll become a grandparent by the grace of God. So I'm going to read a few uh, verses from chapter 30. And may we be upstanding just in honor of God's word. It's not a command if you're able to stand. You can sit. You don't have to stand. Uh, just uh, I'll read from the King James Version. And it came to pass... I'm reading 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse, from verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives Ahinoam, the Jezreelite Tess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went. And he and he and the six hundred men that were with him and came to the brook Bissau, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and four hundred men, for two hundred aboard him, which were so faint that they would not go over the brook Bissau. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread. And he did eat, and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. 
And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he, for he had eaten no bread, nor drank any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. We made an in invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burnt Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, and behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither, <coughs> sorry, neither spoiled nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drove before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you even for this privilege to open your sacred word, to read from it, and to hear you speak to us from this portion of scriptures. Lord, we need you. We pray that in our midst, you will be glorified. May your word have a free course in our hearts and in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We may be seated. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about how to handle criticism. Critic. No, let me put it. How to handle critics. How to handle critics. Uh, criticism is something that uh, no one likes to receive. But it will come anyway. Regardless of how well you live your life, regardless of how you conduct yourself in front of others, there will always be those around who will always find something to criticize. And most likely right now, you're either criticizing my shirt, my pants, my shoes, my accent, and let me tell you, that is what makes you a very normal human being. <laughs> you're just doing what is normal to human beings. Of course, certainly there is negative criticism and positive criticism. Uh, who can forget the life of Job? We all remember Job. Here is a man that God called perfect. The Bible says that God called him perfect and upright. And that one that feared God and escheweth evil. That was God's description of Job. It's not Job's description of himself. It is God's testimony of Job. You know, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. I can stand here and tell you how great I am, how good I am, and all those things. But God says something different. It's like 
God, you know, we look at David and we see all the evil things that David did. We, we just are kind of not very happy with him and in certain instances. And then God says, I have found a man after my own heart. I have found a man who pleases my heart. I have found a man that I'm happy with. And you're like, oh God, I don't think you know him very well. I need to reintroduce you. I need to introduce you to David. Lord, do you remember when the other kings went to battle? Do you know where he was? Do you know, Lord, where he was? He was somewhere where? In the balcony, isn't it? I'm not going to that story. So here is a man called Job. And God says all these things about him. How he was perfect. How he avoided all evil. And then here comes again his friends. The guy is sick. What does the wife say? What do his friends say about him? You know, this is not just for Job alone. It can happen to any one of us. It happens in our houses. It happens in our workplaces. It happens in social circles. It happens to us. If it has not happened, I want to prophesy to you. Although I'm not a prophet, neither am I a son of a prophet, but you'll be criticized one day. <laughs> Even by friends. They come, and you see, they say, you are a hypocrite. You are just getting what you deserve. Friend just finds you sick in bed. I know. You're just getting what you, you deserve. Another one says you have a bad attitude. And we can go on and on about the criticism that he received. In this portion of scriptures, David is on the run from King Saul. And he has fled to the land of the Philistines and waiting for the Lord to deliver him and the kingdom of Israel. And certain things happen and David is severely criticized. How does he react to criticism? Very quickly, because of time. I want us to get a few lessons on how to handle, in a few minutes, how to handle critics. We see what happens in chapter 29. Let's go to chapter 29 of the same book, First Samuel. Chapter 29 from verse 1 to 5. What is the reason for criticism? Why do they criticize him? My first point is the reason for their criticism. He is criticized, number one, because of a misguided decision that he made in chapter 29. David makes a decision where he is fighting his own people. A misguided decision. In fact, it's only God by sheer providence that saves him from doing it. When criticism comes our way, one of the things we should ask ourselves is, or how to handle criticism should be, is it true? David, were you up to this? Did you want to do this? Is it true? And I'm getting the whole thing, my sermon, from what happened to me last week. A pastor sat me down. And he started telling me things about myself. Philip, the things you need to change. 
This is what I'm telling you need to do. My goodness. It hit me so hard. I told him, no, there's something wrong with you also. You think I'm wrong? You're also? Can I also discuss about you? And then I realized that was a wrong trajectory. I decided to ask myself, is it true? Could it be true? Could I have done this? Is this who I am? You know, if you read Shakespeare, if you read, read was it Julia? No, no, it was Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. And then they, whom, whom do they kill? Who, who is killed? Caesar is killed. And when he's killed, there's Brutus and there's Casca. You remember? And one of them tells the other, you can't see yourself. We are your mirror. You can only see yourself through us. At times, you can't see yourself. Other people see you. They are your mirror. And they tell you exactly who you are and what you've done. So it was laid bare to me. Philip, you need to change this. It was something so small. But I made a huge mountain out of it. Trying to put my defense. And then quickly, I felt within me. Could it be true? Then I told him, okay, fine. Let's have a good discussion about it. Yes, it's this. And do you remember this instance and this and that and that? And I realized he was right. So when we are, you know, when we have this misguided decision that we make in life, some of the things we do, don't put up your defense. Ask the question, is it true? And if it's true, adjust. It's painful. Accept it. Number two, the reason for their, I mean, their criticism is not just a misguided decision, but also a military defeat. The story we've just read. He goes through military defeats. When they returned home, they found that their town had been destroyed by the Amalekites. Completely destroyed. Their wives and children taken away. And to the minds of these people, David was responsible for these events. The argument is, had we remained behind, had we not followed David, I mean, had we not followed, uh, followed, uh, followed David, our children would have been safe. Our wives would have been safe. We would have put, put a fight and defended our, our people. But David took us away. And that's why it has happened. Therefore, he bears responsibility for these defeats. David knew he was doing what was right, but those around him knew he had done what was wrong. There's a story here about John Wesley. I'll read it. John Wesley was deeply disturbed by people who seemed to enjoy criticizing others especially those who were in the Lord's work. Once while he was preaching, he noticed a lady in the congregation who was well known for her critical attitude. All through the service, she sat and stared at his new tie. When the meeting was ended, she came up to him and said very sharply, Mr. Wesley, the strings on your bow tie are much too long. 
It's an offense to me. He asked if any of the ladies present happened to have a pair of scissors in their purse. This is what Wesley asked. Any woman here who has a pair of scissors in her purse? When they were handed to him, he gave them to the critic and asked her to trim the streamers to her liking. After she clipped, the, she clipped off near the collar, he said, are you sure they are right now? Yes, she said. That's much better. Then let me have those, sheer, those shears a moment. That's what Wesley, give me the shears for a moment, said Wesley. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if I also give you a bit of correction. I don't mean to be cruel, but I must tell you, madam, that your tongue is an offense to me. <laughs> it's too long. Please, stick it out. I would like to trim some off. Of course, Wesley did not follow through on his threats. But he made his point. They are critical of David. David made the right decision, but those around him felt that he had made the wrong decision. So you'll be criticized when, uh, you, you know, you, you make like uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm referring to as, you know, a military defeat. Defeat at your place of work. You make a decision and there seems things don't go right. You'll be criticized. Then there is a time during monumental discouragement. In verse 4 and 5, the men wept, the Bible tells us, they wept. They were distressed. During this monumental discouragement, what happens? People become very critical. When they were complaining about their wives, they forgot that David's wives had also been taken away. They thought it's only them who are suffering, but David was not suffering. Critics are most often caught up in themselves. They only think about what is happening to them, how they are being affected. They don't see things objectively. Critics. You know, the easiest thing is to criticize. That's the easiest thing. The easiest thing is to bring down, it's not to build. The best way is to do what David did. Don't respond to your critic. Don't respond. When you don't respond, it injures the critic more than the criticized. When they hit at you, don't pay back. Somebody said this, if criticism had any real power to harm, the skunk would be extinct by now. So how do you react, you know, the reaction to their criticism? Very quickly, he, David did it with a heavy heart. David was bothered by the way these people reacted. He suffered just as much loss as they had suffered. So realize that, you know, you will go through that suffering. 
There is always unfair criticism. Let me read this. The wife of a hard-to-please husband was determined to satisfy him for just one day. Darling, she asked, what would you like for breakfast this morning? He growled, coffee and toast, grits and sausage and two eggs, one scrambled and one fried. She soon had the food on the table and waited for a word of praise. After a quick glance at his plate, he exclaimed, Well, if you didn't scramble the wrong egg. <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> she soon had the food on the table and what she's told, if you didn't scramble the wrong egg. The moral, some people will never be happy no matter what you do, no matter what you say. No matter what length you go to, to in order to satisfy them. It does not matter how good you sing in this place, my sister. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you play the guitar. It doesn't matter. I've always said, do your thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will never please every person, ma'am. Never. You missed a key today. <laughs> Critics will say. For me, I don't even, even if you went wrong, I wouldn't know. I don't even know how to play that thing. So they will always do that. So I, the other thing is, humble your heart. David didn't respond to their, to their critics. He was upset and hurt, but he did not retaliate. Humble your heart. A hopeful heart. Have that hopeful heart. What did David do? He turned to the Lord. Amen. He turned to the Lord. Have a hopeful heart. When all is not working around you, when they've turned against you, you feel, you, you think you're alone. You are never alone. Amen. You are never alone. Turn to him. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. Turn to God. Have that uh, you know, hopeful heart. The word for encourage means to seize something as a support to give yourself strength. David did what we could all learn to do, and that is to take our trouble along with our critics to the Lord. Not just the trouble alone, along with our critics to the Lord. What is the result of their criticism? And I'm, I'll be done. From verse 7 to 10, David's faith was visible. By turning to the Lord in prayer, David's faith was visible. When we are criticized and attacked, our best response is simply to carry on with business as usual. Just keep on serving God and be what the Lord has saved you to be. He will bless that attitude more than he could ever bless an attitude of bitterness and one that lashes out at its enemies. You know, as a pastor of Neymar Community Church, I will say this. I have learned, I have learned, you know, I come to church and I look, I used to, I would stand somewhere around there and look outside, see the cars coming and hoping that the people are coming to church. 
And I would spend almost half the service. I'm just checking at the parking. Have they come? Have they come? And I'm, why isn't so-and-so coming? Why can't they come? What's wrong with this? I started asking God, Lord, it's only you who can speak to a person in their living room, tell them stand up, pick your Bible, hear your car keys, get into your car, drive to church. I can never do that. Mine is to come here, open, and do my beats and love them. Amen. Amen. And just love them. You can't push anybody. So here, that is what we learn from David, how to handle critics, is that... Uh, where, 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 where are my notes? Technology. Humble heart, a hopeful, uh, uh, a hopeful heart, and then his faith becomes visible, and David's faith was also vindicated by what God did. And then David's faith was also victorious because of time. So, my brothers and sisters, I want to say this. Accept criticism as inevitable. Carefully examine the source of every criticism. Ask yourself, who is the one saying this thing? Is it right? Decide not to take criticism personally. Look at it objectively and try to learn from it. Ask yourself, is there any truth to this? Commit the matter to the Lord and with his help rise above. Allow him to vindicate you in his own time and in his own way. If we fail to cope with criticism, we will become like our critics. It may be that you are being forced to deal with an issue right now. Maybe you are being criticized. I don't know why the Lord sent this message to us this morning. But I'm sure that someone here needed some of this. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are so many critics around us. Help us by your grace and by the teaching of your word to handle criticism positively for our own edification and also for the edification of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May Amen. the Lord bless you all. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www dot silverlakebaptist dot o r g